Okay, the last thing we'll talk about now, we've got our definite purpose, right? If you haven't figured out yet, this is your homework, is to figure out what is your definite purpose? What are you actually trying to do? That's step number one. Figure out what your definite purpose is. Number two is releasing yourself from the guilt of pursuing that thing. I want to release you guys from that guilt. Okay, I want you to pursue that thing. You need to. The world needs you to. The people who are waiting for you to, to step up into your calling are waiting for you to go and do that. So I wanted to release all the stress about that. And number three now is how do we make this real? How do we make it real for yourself? Okay. Um, I want to share a phrase that uh, I think is so cool. I heard it the other day and it's like been ringing in my head ever since then. And if you want to write this down, it's powerful. The phrase is um, the memory of your future. You think, how do you have a memory of your future? The future doesn't happen yet. How do I have a memory of my future? Okay. My goal for you is when we pick this definite purpose, right? This thing we want is we have to create a memory of it. So it becomes so real. We base, our lives are based off our memories. Our memories are the frame of what we do and what we don't do, right? So what happens a lot of times is like, we have this goal, but then we have a memory of, oh, I failed in the past. Therefore, there's no way I can pursue that because I failed in the past, right? We're basing that on a memory that of something that happened in the past for, that our past self wasn't able to do, okay? So what we need to do is we stop looking at our past self and its capabilities and its ability to do. And we need to step into our future self and say, the future Russell, Russell right now cannot do this. Russell in a year from now, five years from 10 years from now, can actually do this thing, right? He's going to hear the call. He's going to step forward. Uh, God's going to increase his capacity. He'll do something more. He'll step forward and increase his capacity a little more. He's going to keep doing this. And in five years from now, or 10 years, whatever it is, he's going to have the capacity to actually do this amazing thing, right? To, to, to achieve this definite purpose. He's going to have the ability to do it. So that's what I want. I want to look into the future self, the future you. We need to look at that. And I want to capture what that feels like in your mind. And we have to create a memory of it, a memory that we can look at because the memory is the filter on if we're going to pursue it or not. If we're basing our memories on our past self, the Russell uh, yesterday, the Russell a week ago, Russell a year ago, who was not able to do these things, the filter could be like, Russell, you're not able to do that. He said, how do you do this? So when I was wrestling, the way I did it, uh, and this was like my first experience. I didn't know this was a thing until later in life, but, I, but in wrestling, I remember Matt Woods getting his hand raised, right? I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so at night, I would lay in bed, and I would dream about me doing it. Not sleeping dream, but wait, I lay in bed, and I think about like, okay. So I, I'd been in the room. I remember seeing the room. I saw like the mats, I saw the stadium, I saw the people, I saw the coaches on the side, I saw Matt Wood's family there, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take his family, I'm gonna put my family, there's my dad, there's my mom, there's my brothers, there's this kind of stuff, and I'm gonna move these things around. And I was like, uh, I see Matt out there, but this isn't gonna be Matt, instead this is gonna be me. And it was me out there. And also I saw across, I saw the, my opponent across from there, I said, okay, there's him. And I started visualizing him, had me wrestling, I'm wrestling this guy. And in my visualization, I'm wrestling the perfect match. Like everything's flawless, like perfect positioning, perfect shots. Everything's perfect. I'm visualizing this. And I, I go and I beat this guy and we're getting it done. And then having the head, my ref, the ref raise my hand and looking around, seeing my family so excited. And I'm visualizing this thing in my head. And every night I would think about that. I, think, I wake up in the morning. I'd be so tired. Like, I don't want to get out of bed today. And then I start thinking about that again. I picture myself in the stadium, boom, on the mats. Shaking the guy's hand, going through the moves, getting my hand raised, like, oh, I visualize that over and over and over and over again until this memory of my future became something I could use every single day. I use it for motivation. I use it for momentum. I use it for like a frame. I use it for so many different things. Okay. We're gonna go deeper into visualization and other trainings, but it's the beginning of it. Okay. Uh, it all starts with, um, creating a memory of your future that you can use over and over and over again. Okay. Uh, one of the books we'll be studying, and one of the authors is a guy named Maxwell Maltz. He's one of my favorite authors during this time period, the New Thought Movement. And Maxwell Maltz is actually a plastic surgeon, and he would go and he would operate on people. He, thought, he said it was fascinating. He's like, he's like um, I'd operate on somebody, and sometimes it'd be a little tiny thing. You can't even see it, but the person in their mind would be like, oh, I changed everything, and they've changed their whole life. He said, other times I have people who come in, and they have huge scars on their faces. And I would go, and I would, I would fix it where they look beautiful, look perfect, but then they would leave, and they'd still be miserable. 
It's like he realized that it had nothing to do with the external. It had 100% to do with what he called self-image psychology. The, 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 their self-image dictated everything, right? And then in his books, and again, we're going to go, if you guys are uh, diving in the book club, month number three, we're going deep into Ma- Maxwell Maltz and psycho-cybernetics and uh, stuff like that. But um, uh, we'll be going deep in there. But one thing he talks about is called the theater of the mind. Okay, and so I'm going to teach you guys this principle right now, and we're going to be going levels deep on this month after month because this is the first of many different uh, different things we'll be doing inside the theater of your mind. But I want to give you this as a tool that you can play with this uh, during for your homework. So what the theater of the mind is, is that basically you, you close your eyes and you visualize and you picture yourself like you're in a movie theater and you're seeing this thing happening in front of you. Okay, and so uh, the the phrase uses theater of the mind. Okay, when I was wrestling, obviously the theater of the mind wasn't in a theater, it was in a wrestling room. So for you, it could be different, right? It could be in a wrestling room, might be on a stage like this. It could be, you know, you in your office writing a book. It could be you becoming a New York Times bestseller. Like whatever your goal is, whatever your definite purpose is, I want to create that as this is the theater, okay? And your assignment, I want you to do it tonight for sure, but I would recommend is after you, get, after you pick your definite purpose, I would do this at least once a day, maybe twice a day. When you go to bed at night, when you up in the morning, first thing you lay in bed, it's like, hey, I'm going to watch this real quick movie, okay? A memory of my future. And you click play on the movie, and you start watching this thing. Okay, and this is some of the things you do. First off is you're going to close your eyes. I put some music on. If you need, if you, if you have it, if not, you can do it without any music on. You close your eyes and you're going to set the scene, okay? But the scene is important. This is the environment, which you're visualizing this. First thing is to set the scene. So I told you my wrestling story. First thing I did is like, I'm in the stadium. Like, I remember the stadium. I saw it. I understood exactly where the match was going to happen someday in the future. So I had the stadium in my head. Then I had, the, from there I saw the mats. I saw the things. I'm like, I built the, I built the theater in my mind. <clears throat> okay, that's number one. Number two, I need to make this theater real. So I start looking like the lights. Okay, the sounds, the smells, what it looked like, what it feel like. Was it warm in there? Was it cold in there? Like, I got to make this thing feel as real as possible to me. Okay, when you guys have a memory of something that happened to you, you remember those things, right? Think about a great memory that happened recently to you. You think about that memory, you can remember the lights, the smell, the taste, like all that stuff is there in your memory. So if I want to create a memory for my, of my future that's going to be real, I got to think about all those things, right? So for me, I think about the smell of the wrestling room. Like, wrestling rooms have the greatest, if you're not a wrestler, you're walking in a wrestling room and think it stinks. But for me, it's like, oh, that smell, like, it's like this musty smell, like sweat and blood and tears and like, and like the plastic rubber mats. And like, um, like, so I can smell that in the room. I can feel it. I can taste it. I can like, um, the, the nerves, things I feel it in my body, all sorts of stuff like that. Right. So I set the scene about all those kind of things. Okay. Next thing I do is I have to associate myself with the image. So what does that mean? If you ever study NLP and we'll probably talk more about that in, in future trainings, but NLP stands for neuro logistics programming. And they use NLP for a lot of things. One of them is like when someone has a lot of trauma, they use NLP to like, to get people out of the trauma. And so what they do with NLP a lot of times is, is say um, someone who's an NLP practi- practitioner will go into the theater of the mind with somebody who has who is, uh, had some bad trauma, right? And when you look at the trauma, what will typically happen is that in the moment when the person's having this memory of their trauma, like they're in it, they're experiencing it. Like, like if they're here and the person's here, they're like, when they think, when they have this memory, they're very associated. They're in the moment, person's yelling back and forth in this whole thing. And so in NLP, what they do is they'll try to get you to disassociate. So what happens is like, this is the experience that's so live and vivid and real to help you disassociate when you step out of it. Instead of being in there, you're like watching it like a movie. And now you're watching his movie. And now go, and then they have you take it from like, from color and you turn to black and white. And you have it go from there, you go smaller and smaller until you start disassociating. Well, no longer is this thing full of like energy and charge for you. Okay, so that's how you do it in a therapy situation. We're doing the opposite. We want to make this real. Okay, so when I'm doing the visualization, the theater in my mind, um, I'm looking at Matt Woods down here winning the, the, the state tournament. I want to associate myself with that. So I go down on the mat. I'm not just watching this thing in theater, like experiencing some guy wrestling. That's disassociation. That's not going to make it feel real. I got to associate. So I'm going down and I'm on the mat. And all of a sudden, Matt leaves and it's me. 
And all of a sudden I turn and I see the opponent. He's here. I look over, I see, and like I'm in the thing. I'm associated. I'm part of it. I'm not watching it. I'm actually experiencing this. And I'm making it real. I'm coming out and I'm shaking the hand. I'm feeling the sweat. I'm visualizing, thinking about the moves. I'm going like, I'm going through the entire process with it, right? I'm associated. So it seems and it feels real. Okay. Um, that's the key. That's how you do it. And then as I'm going through this, <clears throat> this visualization, if I'm wrestling, I'm thinking I got to do perfect practice. What's the positioning and the moves and how does it work? Okay, if I'm thinking about uh, running a business, I'm going through the in, the, in my mind, how do, I, how do I run my team? How do I do the things? Like I'm, I'm visualizing that way or I'm actually in it. Okay, if I want to be a great speaker, I'm visualizing me on stage, speaking, like talking in the room, getting people to run in the back of the room, like me being confident, feeling awesome here, right? If I'm trying to go find, if my definite purpose is to find a spouse, it's like, how do I go into the situation where I go talk to that person, visualizing me doing it over and over and over again, right? Like, like this is the key thing. One of the things he talked about in Psychosybernetics they found was so fascinating. He said that they would take athletes like basketball players and they put them on the free, free throw line. And the other person would shoot the free throw a hundred times, right? And by doing that, their, their skill set got better, right? They took exact same people. They put them into this theater of the mind situation, had them visualize them taking the same shots, take the same hundred shots, even though they was all in their head, nothing was there, but they visualized perfect positioning. My elbows are in the right spot. My hands are in the right spot. Everything's perfect. You're practicing this, this perfect positioning. The, the athletes who did that visualizing had just as much of increase in, te- in skill set as the ones who are actually shooting the ball. Okay, our minds are amazing. And so this is what this thing is. We're doing that over and over and over again. And for me, I'd seen myself win the state title hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times before I had a chance to get on the, st- on the mat. By the time I stepped on the mat, my, my junior year, I shook hands like, I, I already had a memory. This is exactly how it was going to play out. Right, I went on the mat and I wrestled and I won. Okay, so this is key, you guys. It's, it's one of these things like, I used to think stuff was woo-woo and weird and dumb. But I did it in, I did it with wrestling. I've done it in business. I don't, to become a speaker on stage. If you guys ever seen my old footage, I was the worst speaker in the history of all time, right? Even now, I, there's someone in the members area who's like, Russell talks too fast. He, he, uh, he coughed too many times. Like, I'm not a great speaker, but I own a world record for the most sales ever in a room, right? So I learned the skill set. I visualized, I practiced, things like that. Even now, like situations, other goals I have, other things I'm, I'm trying to visualize. Like right now, I'm trying to build a $20 million library slash museum next door. $20 million. And no banks will give me money. So I got, how do I make $20 million? I got to visualize this, right? Theater of the mind, figuring it out. I have a definite purpose. How do I pursue it? I got to think of it. I got to visualize it, right? And so this is the fun thing. It's something you do every single night. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't do anything. And the impact on you is insane. You won't believe it until you start doing it, okay? So that is a game plan for you guys for this week. So number one, your homework. You've got to figure out what your definite purpose is. Okay, what is your definite purpose? Um, I'm going to put in the workbook. I don't have it on slide right now, but I'll put in the workbook. A picture, uh, Bruce Lee actually was a huge Napoleon Hill fan. I found uh, old copies of his, um, uh, his day planner. He had like sections where he's like, rethink and grow rich. Do my thing. He had all these different things he would do. Um, one of the things that Napoleon Hill talks about is he had you write out uh, your definite purpose statement or your, your chief aim. You actually write the whole thing out. In fact, if you go to Google and I'll type in Bruce Lee, definite chief aim, you'll see a picture of it. In fact, we're trying right now to acquire this piece of paper. It's Bruce Lee's actual thing. But in there, Bruce is like, my, my definite purpose is I'm going to become the highest paid oriental actor of all time. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. I'm going to make the X amount of dollars a year. I'm willing to give these things in exchange for me being successful. I had the whole thing mapped out and written out. Okay, like, that's a definite purpose. He looked at it. He read everything. He saw it. He understood it. He visualized in his head and it became true. Okay, same thing I want to do for you guys. Number one is figuring out your definite purpose. Like I said, in the workbook, we'll have the Bruce Lee one you can see and a couple other examples, ones I've done, so you have a good idea. Like, here's how you craft your definite purpose statement, right? Next question, I want you to think about, like, why do you want to do that? And I want you to be honest, okay? And if the reason why is, like, because I want to feel that, that's okay. Like, I don't know why, like, I, I want to make a bunch of money. I want to achieve that thing. I want to feel, like, that's okay. If your why is a little bit selfish, 
you have my permission because by you pursuing that, the contribution that you will create in the back behind it will change people's lives more than anything you could ever do by trying to change people's lives. Okay. And number three, you got to create a memory of your future, create a memory that becomes the lens and becomes the, the, um, the filter of you uh, that we'll be using as we pursue this dream and pursue your definite purpose. Does that sound good? All right, you guys, I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being part of the secrets of success community. This is so fun for me to have an outlet to talk about these kind of things. Um, I don't typically talk about this kind of stuff. I talk about marketing all the time and business all the time. And I appreciate you guys, um, um, first off, believing in being part of this and jumping into this space and, and, uh, and hanging out with us, um, but giving me the space to talk and share these things, even though some of these things are kind of weird and kind of just different things, thoughts in my heads. But, um, you know, I've, I've been doing this for myself for a long time. I've been around some of the most successful people on the planet. Uh, I've had access to insane amounts of just awesome people. And if you get down to like what the things that are actually working, the thing that actually gets them to the finish line, like these are the things. Um, and so I'm going to keep sharing with you. Uh, and if you feel uncomfortable ever about something, that's usually a good thing. You feel uncomfortable. It's like, that's growth. That's like, oh, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? I mean, think about it. I mean, like, that's okay. Um, I'm just going to give you the ideas and give you things I found have worked for me and for so many other people that you guys can, uh, can use them uh, as you will. Uh, with that said, I would love also if you guys go into the community. You guys have, we have an amazing community that's just building. It's growing right now. Go in there and it, if you log in the members area and click on community, go to the tab. There's a section where you can introduce yourself. Go introduce yourself. Go say, go on some other people's comments. Other people have introduced yourself. Go say hi. Go get to know each other. Um, this is going to be one of the, the, the coolest parts of this is building that community. And then also go and um, go comment on this uh, on module number two as well. And your thoughts, your ideas, positive, negative, all that stuff. We'd love to hear it. And uh, we should have the recordings uh, for this back in the members area here in, uh, in a week or so. Of that said, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed uh, module number two. And with that said, we'll see you guys for the next training. Thanks, everybody. 